Hello, hello, and welcome to The Mental Matchup, a podcast where we hope to shed light on one of the hardest competitions an athlete will ever face, the matchup against their own mind. I'm Kat, and today I am here with Emily Cole. Emily is on the cross-country and track team at Duke University. Throughout the episode, we talk about growing up, Emily's journey to Duke, and her personal relationship with food. Emily opens up about her own eating journey and how there are times when someone can overdo healthy eating. As a female athlete, we are incredibly lucky to have Emily on the podcast to share her own story and continue a dialogue surrounding how your body performs performs versus how you look. We also talk about her book that she's written and overall being a collegiate athlete and kind of everything, everything that goes along with it. So with that, let's dive right into it. Emily, thank you so much for coming on the mental matchup. I am beyond excited to talk with you. I think one selfishly, I love talking to other student athletes who've gone to Duke. Um, Duke is such a special place in my heart and my experience there. But beyond that, I think you've done so much in in your time, um, not just at Duke, I'm sure pre-Duke, but from what I've seen, just like growing conversations surrounding mental health, diet, um, and everything in between. So with that, can you tell the audience a little bit about who you are, where you are, and what you do? Of course, yes. Thank you so much for having me, Kat. I'm honored to be on the podcast and obviously like love Duke Connect with both Morgan's message and and you it's it's so like I don't know just feels so much more comfortable being able to talk to someone else who's also a Duke, Duke student athlete um my name is Emily Cole and I am a senior at Duke this year I um, am on the Duke track and cross country teams and I actually recently wrote a book called the player's plate that is an unorthodox guide to sports nutrition is the subtitle because basically it talks all about the fundamentals of sports nutrition, but then the whole second half of it is actually talking about the less tangible, more societal and psychological aspects of trying to fuel to your best performance as an athlete. Um, Cause those were, you know, really close topics to my heart. And I thought it was really important that a resource was put out for younger athletes. So that's definitely my passion. And I've tried to use my platforms as best as I can to spread the message of just like empowering younger athletes to feel confident in their nutrition and not compare it to the person next to them, because we're all so unique and our needs are so different. I love that. I, I think from, from watching from the sidelines, I love what you're using your platform for and that you the the confidence behind your messaging like I think is so important for just like young female athletes to be able to say like you know this is what she believes in etc and then also like the teaching parts of it like I think you're I don't know everything you're doing is so incredible I love that you came out with a book and that it's like a tangible guide to things and obviously like with any guide it's like take it or leave it but I think having it exist is so powerful. Um, Can you talk a little bit about growing up? Where did you grow up? Was, was track and cross country always what you wanted to do? Give us a little bit of background there. First of all, thank you so much. You're so sweet. Um, And then I guess, okay, so I definitely don't have a very typical path to running in college. I actually mainly focused on volleyball and basketball growing up. 
and kind of just did running to supplement that. So I didn't start focusing on running until my senior year in high school. Um, and my junior year, that kind of summer before my senior year is when I started focusing on sports nutrition or just learning a little bit more about healthy eating. And I just became fascinated by how big of a difference it made. I obviously wasn't doing volleyball and basketball anymore. So my legs were definitely more refreshed from not going straight to basketball practice, but it was kind of that combined with putting high quality, nutritious foods that were home cooked in my body. And I just felt so much better. Like I felt like a completely different human being running and I enjoyed going to practice every day. It was something that I had always kind of dreaded throughout high school and did not like racing cross country at all. I actually quit cross country my sophomore year of high school. So I did not have a good relationship with running at all. And then that senior year, learning how to feel properly really helped me learn to love it and fall in love with the sport and obviously be able to be blessed enough to be able to run at the next level. And so I just became fascinated by how changing what I had put into my body made such a big difference on my, how I felt and my performance. And I, you know, got super passionate about it. I actually ended up eating too healthy and I didn't know what electrolytes were. So I was just drinking plain water all the time. And I'm also a particularly salty sweater. So my sodium levels got dangerously, dangerously low my senior year of high school. And I went into a two-day coma from hyponatremia. And that's really what inspired me to write the book because I, you know, I had had this career that was so short where I had just been focusing on running and I felt so good. And all of a sudden it was like, boom, I'm in this super dangerous situation. And the scariest part was from the outside in, it looked like I was doing everything right. You know, I looked super fit. I was running super well. Everyone around me was like, Oh, she's eating super healthy. Like she's doing great. And I was actually putting my body in a very dangerous situation and I could have not made it through that night. And so that was really eye opening to me of how important it was for athletes and especially young athletes to be equipped with sports nutrition knowledge and also you know the confidence that they can still enjoy foods that they love and that particular things like fat and sodium actually are not only not bad for them like society kind of portrays them out to be but imperative for them to be able to reach their big goals as an athlete um and so after that happened that was whenever everything kind of shifted for me and i was like this whole definition of what healthy is for athletes like needs to be changed and needs to be redefined. So that's kind of what inspired me to kind of start on that. But it was weird how it all came out of such a short lived like time of just doing running and how I, I really didn't get into sports nutrition or focusing on running until so late. That's yeah. I think that's so interesting that you you were able to identify the nutrition piece to performance because for like, for me, for example, like I just ate whatever my mom put on the table pretty much. And like, never quite thought about like how, what I'm putting into my body, like really can determine how well, even I perform in the classroom, right? Like (laughs) grogginess, like from eating some of those processed, processed foods or like high sugar foods, or even like red dye doesn't necessarily (laughs) agree with me. Um, And that's so interesting that you identified that in high school when I feel like for me and my, my teammates, at least like until we sat on like one of the first days with like Franca, who was the nutritionist when I was at Duke, like it wasn't even a thought in my mind of like, oh yeah, well, like it totally makes sense, but it just was never at the forefront. (laughs) 
Um, so when you got into running and focusing on your performance, was the goal, like, did you see yourself running collegiately or was the goal just like, Hey, I can perform. I'm good at this. Like, I love doing it. I'm just going to do it. So it's actually funny. I actually started dating a guy who, who his family was, you know, definitely more into eating healthy and cooking at home. And like, I am very grateful for how my parents never like told me what I should eat or really made any comments on my food. But I also had no guidance at all growing up. Like I didn't really have concept of eating three meals a day. I just kind of ate whatever, whenever we had fast food all the time. Um, we were just always in a rush doing things, going from sports game, basketball game, to volleyball game. to So we were just like whatever food we could get quick. It was just kind of more of like a checking that off the box rather than using it to help me reach my goals. And so that's why it was such a big shift whenever I did start eating a little bit better and like going to his house for home cooked meals. Um, and then I actually had downloaded an app that helped you track your macros. And that was, I have a whole chapter on the book actually in the book about macros and this, you know, tool, but also like danger of tracking your macros. And it was interesting how, whenever I started doing that, I, was honestly so empowered and felt so much better because I knew that I was getting what I needed in my food. Like I didn't realize how much food I needed to be eating every day to be able to reach my goals. And like, I didn't know what carbohydrates, proteins, and fats were. I didn't know how to build a balanced meal. And so that tool really helped me learn those huge pieces of being confident in what I'm putting in my body and also the timing of when I'm doing that. Um, and then as a, happens with a lot of people who either do track their macros or just start trying to track their food in general. I got to controlling about it. And I was just like pretty regimented with, you know, when I would eat and what exactly was healthy and like, wouldn't let my, wouldn't let myself have foods that I really enjoyed. And especially it made a difference whenever I got back into school, because I just didn't have the same amount of time to put in the effort to make sure that I was listening to my hunger cues, but also like making sure that I was getting enough throughout the day. Um, and that's whenever my relationship with food was definitely more unhealthy. And I realized how like something like that is so, or a tool like that is so interesting because of how much it can help you learn, but can also like push you in the direction of getting towards those like disordered eating habits and being more controlling with your food. I completely agree I kind of like internally like just like cringed a little at like counting because I I haven't counted macros well I haven't really counted food in general I'm like honestly too lazy um (laughs) uh but I know I've had some friends who have done apps where like you put in your food and you look at the calories and I think that can be like a really really bad slope to go down exactly because you hold yourself to the expectation of like in order to achieve X goal, I need to hit Y caloric intake for this day. And then if you go above it, you feel like a failure. And all of a sudden you're like, oh my God. And I have I have a, a good amount of friends who like, if they went above it, they're just like, whatever, wheels are off the bus, gonna like binge eat. And then the next day felt even like worse. About, felt bad, yeah. Yeah, I feel yeah. like eating, eating is such like, it's critical obviously for to live, but it's such a tricky, mm-hmm. tricky topic, um, mm-hmm. to, to navigate. Well, 
I was gonna say on that note, like the thing is about those like types of apps and like trackers is there's no, no way to quantify exactly what your needs are and especially like the timing of what you need. So like it was super helpful for me to learn how to build a balanced meal and like to know that I needed to add more nuts or whatever, or like more, more healthy fats to my diet throughout the day. But I had no idea like about the importance of getting in just simple carbs before my workouts. I was trying to continue to have like a balanced snack that was quote unquote healthy and like maybe have some vegetables in the morning when that's like actually not going to sit well at all on your stomach whenever you're trying to perform. And it's like detrimental because then your stomach's trying to digest. And so the blood's going to your stomach and not going to your legs and you feel bad, you feel bloated. And so it's just like, there are so many little tiny intricacies like this that come into play whenever you're trying to fuel to elite performance. And that's why like my, like the first chapter of the book is actually about the importance of understanding the title of a registered dietitian and knowing that the title of a nutritionist is actually nowhere near as legally protected behind like the amount of education and um, coursing courses that you have to go through to be able to get the title of a registered dietitian and how important it is that young athletes who want to change their nutrition consult a professional like that and really learn more about the fundamentals and, and what they need for their sport and their goals specifically, because if you try to go down that path alone, it can be really dangerous. Totally agree. I also think on that too is I feel like what a lot of people or what I didn't understand until even like, like a few years ago, maybe like 2020 is different foods. It's not just like the types of like, like food with a lot of fiber, but like different foods will react with different bodies differently. So we did exactly my mom's like, she did like INN. She's like a big health coach nutrition fan and we did this thing called viome where it like basically tests like different foods and how they correspond to your gut and your body and it was crazy I had like cauliflower does not sit well which like I had already known but then it had said that like tuna and there was these different things that I was like that's so crazy because thinking to when I eat this I don't feel good and then when you like you do feel good and that was very eye-opening because we compared, I'm like from a family of, there's six of us total, uh, four kids. and two Oh my gosh. Kids. So fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but when we compared like sibling to sibling, mom and dad, like everyone's is different. And I was like, it's crazy. You can have wow. the same like genetic genetics yeah. at play and just be totally different. So I think that's like a big learning iPad. Um, I'd love for you to talk about how, like, how, like, should athletes look a certain way? Like we're all different. We all have different yeah. bodies, all have different genetic makeups. We play different sports, which use different muscles. We lift different weights. Like how, mm-hmm. how have you found confidence in how your body performs versus like how you look? Absolutely. Such a great question. So, uh, I personally like deal with this so much just because I run and our uniforms are like basically basically underwear and yeah. we run and like our sports bras and spandex every day. So it's like your body is kind of on full display to everyone all the time. And that's like super exposing. And it's also uncomfortable for people who like, maybe don't want to, if like everyone else on the team is, and you want to wear a t-shirt, like, obviously I'm super grateful for my team. We don't have like, no one like feels uncomfortable wearing a shirt ever, but in some scenarios, like I can totally see that happening for younger athletes. And, um, I just like, 
I am a taller girl in general. And so I'm a bigger girl in general. And I'll line up on like cross country start line. And I was like, dang, I'm, I'm bigger than a lot of these girls here. And I've definitely had like negative thoughts on start lines before. And like, that's like the worst case scenario. Like that's the last thing you should be thinking about when you're trying to perform at your best is like, how do I look in my uniform? Because all that matters is like how you feel and like how you perform and going out there and like giving it your best. And so this is a super uh, important topic to my heart and actually have a whole chapter on it. My whole last chapter, I interview April Ross, um, who's an incredible beach volleyball player. For those who don't know, she's an Olympic gold medalist for USA. She's won three Olympic medals. And um, she obviously is in a sport where they can compete in bikinis, basically. And so it was super interesting to hear her talk about how she felt like she's never had the perfect bikini body or looked like an ideal, like super ripped athlete. I don't know the expectations that people put on her and other athletes to look a specific way. And uh, she was talking about how she, you know, her parents cooked super healthy growing up and she had a great relationship with food. And when she got to college, she hadn't learned how to feel well. She just kind of ate whatever they had given her. And so she kind of had to relearn that and like what actually they were putting in the food that was good and then teach herself how to create it for herself when she got to college and has like definitely dealt with these kind of pressures whenever they're going out there and, and trying to com- compete in bikinis. And she said she's had competitors that, you know, will restrict their fueling because they want to make sure that they look a certain way while they're performing. And she just talked about how imperative she thinks and knows her positive relationship with food and her commitment to fueling her body well, like throughout the whole weekend and throughout, I mean, they're out there on the sand for hours and like intense heat playing games all day. And if you're not giving your, your body the fuel that it needs, you know, like electrolytes and carbohydrates, like just fuel to be able to perform, obviously it's going to affect your energy levels. And, and she was like, I couldn't attribute enough my like ability to feel well throughout the competing to have helped me reach such elite levels of competition and such huge dream goals of mine. And that was so powerful coming from her who's achieved, you know, dreams of every single Bible player ever and, and most athletes. And it was just cool because like I, I also pulled up a bunch of research articles to kind of support this notion. And there's, there was one particular study that talked about, they studied like how athletes performed whenever they were wearing revealing uniforms versus not. And it was so interesting seeing how much it affected their performance just because they were distracted and like thinking about how they looked rather than being able to focus on their play. And obviously one of the biggest things we talk about is like being able to get in like the flow state. And if you're distracted in any way, you're not going to be able to get there. And it's just, it's so interesting and fascinating how like, it's just become an expectation for girls to wear specific uniforms in particular sports and how significantly that can be detrimental to not only their performance, but also their mental health and their health in general, because they might be restricting how they're eating or changing their behavior so that they can try and look a certain way rather than remaining, you know, confident and steadfast in the fact that they're trying to perform at their best. And that's one of like the main tenets of the book is that it's not about at all trying to help you look like a fitness model. Like in, in the introduction, I literally say, if you're like reading this book to try and look like a fitness model, like this is not the book for you. Like, this book is to help you learn how to feel 
your best to reach your athletic dreams and feel the best while you're competing. So that's a, you know, huge topic that I'm, I'm passionate about. And I'm just super glad that I feel like the narrative is kind of changing in that direction for a lot of female athletics. Yeah. And I think it's a really, really important conversation to have like surrounding body image. I know I mean, still some days I'm like not totally confident in like my body and what it looks like. And like, yeah, me too. Like body. (laughs) No one's perfect. Yeah, exactly. Like no one, I think like that's, that's a misconception is, you know, looking at, and it's so funny. I think it's like funny because if you look at someone who's high performing in their sport and you're like, and maybe it's your sport and you're like, wow, they have a great, I wish I looked like them. Chances are they at some point wanted to look like something else or maybe still do like it's it's always to me like eye-opening when you're like well if I'm thinking this like what are they thinking they probably have some concerns about themselves that like or insecurities that I have no idea um about what what are some like tips that you can kind of give the audience that may have worked for you of how you've been able to kind of build that confidence up in yourself and like really ingrain in your mind that like your, you know, your body is your body, like performance and kind of that confidence for, cause I think that's really important for young females and young female, like student athletes. Absolutely. So I actually have like at the end of the chapter kind of recommendations for exactly that. And a couple of them, I was like talking about it and I was like, it can be kind of uncomfortable for people to try and do these types of things because they might feel like they're like a little bit cheesy, but literally like getting out a pen and paper and writing all of the incredible things your body has done for you and does for you on the daily, like how important your body is to you being able to live and just even do daily life, much less being able to compete. Um, and then a bigger one that I, you know, have found super helpful in my career is finding a role model in your sport that looks like you and like, I just, I'm grateful that there are a bunch of runners that have come out to speak on this topic. It's definitely a more prevalent topic in running because of the pressures to look a certain way and the pressures to be thin when people think that being lighter is faster and that whole like unhealthy idea of how to achieve your running goals. And it's, I'm super grateful that a bunch of professional female athletes have come out to talk about how, you know, they're like, yeah, okay. It looks like I have a six pack in this picture, but I just ran 16 miles and it is the 10 minutes of the day that I look like that. I'm about to go eat lunch and like look totally different. I also run 80 miles a week and I didn't look like this when I was 15 years old. So please don't look at me and feel like this is what you should look like if you need to be a runner and understand that like as you go throughout your journey, your body's going to change and that's totally okay. And it was just so powerful being able to hear that from these women that I looked up to and had achieved such incredible athletic accomplishments. And it's humbling to think that like I can be in that position now for younger athletes and be able to, it just really reminds me of the importance of making sure that I say comments like that as I I post different pictures. And, you know, I'm talking about like, I, when we're D1 athletes, athletics, we are training at a level that is nowhere near high school training. And so it's like not even, it's not fair to compare your body to anyone else's, much less someone who's at a different level of competition, just because of the amount of time that they have 
have allotted to it. Um, and so I think that was a really big piece, just finding someone who looks like you and is, is confident in that. And, you know, that might be hard to do. And if you know, they have, you don't have someone in your sport, go try and find another athlete in a different sport that looks like you. And I think that just being able to have that confidence and someone to be able to relate to can really help remind you and be empowered. And a lot of these athletes would love to be a resource and speak to younger athletes like yourself. So don't be afraid to reach out and, and ask questions or ask to hop on a phone call because, you know, that's kind of what it's all about. Whenever you become passionate about a sport, that's, that's something that's definitely affected their lives tremendously. So don't be afraid to reach out and just let them know how much they inspire you and, and have any questions if they have any time to answer. I love that. Um, with that and with like body image, I want to talk a little bit about, I guess, society and social media. And mm-hmm. I think what's really interesting and I'm, I can only speak from like the female perspective, but if you look back at like ads from like the sixties or seventies, right. It was like a curvier body, big boobs, big butt. That was like mm-hmm. the body. And then as we go throughout the years, that body type that this society has deemed to be the most attractive um, mm-hmm. has changed. And like, as, as a female growing up, and I think it's gotten a lot better now, but I think like you and I, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I grew up in a period where like, I had like Lindsay Lohan was the movie star when I was in like mm-hmm. middle school, like Britney yeah. Spears was the pop star before her. Like I have certain celebs that I remember being like, they're the hottest person. All the guys at school were like, Oh, I have mm-hmm. the biggest crush on her. And like, to me in my yeah. mind, whether it was consciously or not, like, I don't really remember, but like subconsciously it was like, well, I want to look like them. Well, I want their body type. Can you talk about, because you are very active, like on social media, using your platform. Can you talk about if you've at all been impacted, um, by like other, other bodies you're seeing on social media or like mm-hmm. your kind of social media intake and mm-hmm. how you've been able to, kind of come back to, you know, yourself, your body and what you value and find confidence in that and kind of block out any, I don't know if this is true, but like maybe block out any thoughts of what the perfect body looks yeah. like. There's no perfect body. Spoiler alert. No, that is such a great question. And I absolutely like have that problem whenever you like go on social media and like you're comparing yourself to other people. I mean, it's just a natural human instinct to like compare yourself to others. And I think especially like I mentioned being in the running world, like a lot of these girls are posting pictures where they look amazing and they have rock and bods. And I'm like, okay, I don't look like that. Um, <laughs> but it's been really interesting to see how like my relationship with my body has evolved. And I think especially through like now being in my collegiate career, like I'm finally at a point now where I'm just so, so confident with where I'm at. And and like my body changes so significantly just within my body throughout the year. And I think that's something important that a lot of athletes don't realize is that like, you're going to go through phases of, of training and, and like life where you, like your body fluctuates and that's totally natural and totally okay. And that's something that I've gotten a lot more accustomed to. And I think that the pressure to, you know, even just the best that you feel like you've looked feeling like you need to look like that all the time 
is just so unrealistic. Even if you aren't comparing yourself to other people on social media, even just yourself, that can be unhealthy as well. Um, and so I feel like, especially now that I've been able to like have good workouts and, and have good performances where I can be like, look, I know that I was, once I started feeling myself, like listening to my hunger cues fully and knowing what was best for my body. Long story short, last year, I was actually diagnosed with celiac disease after cross country. I felt like the best shape of my life. I was so excited for cross country. And then every race was so terrible. I like almost passed out during every race and I just had no idea what was going on. And I realized that I wasn't really eating that much gluten throughout the week. But then right before every meet, I'd have a giant bowl of pasta. Mm -hmm. And I went to the doctors after my regional race because it was, it was so bad. And I was like, something is wrong. Please help me figure it out. And they told me I had a celiac disease, which is essentially an autoimmune disease where whenever you eat gluten, your body attacks itself and it destroys the inner lining of your stomach. So you can't absorb nutrients. And so it was essentially just like malnourished, even though I was eating food all day. And that was super revelational for me. And it's actually, I talk about it in the conclusion of my book because I kind of was able to learn that about myself and then have, you know, like, honestly, my dream track season, that following track season. And just because I figured out that final piece of my personal needs and gluten isn't bad for you. Bread isn't bad for you, but it's doesn't like, it doesn't work with my body and everyone has different things like that. Like if you're allergic to something, that's when something, a food is quote unquote bad for you. It's like, if you're allergic, yeah. Yeah. So. We're going to take a quick break and we'll get back to Emily momentarily. I'd like to take a second to talk about Morgan's Message, without whom this podcast would not be possible. Morgan's Message is a nonprofit founded in 2020 to honor Morgan Rogers, who was a beloved daughter, sister, and fiercely loyal friend. Through amplifying stories, resources, and expertise to confront student-athlete mental health, we are building a community by and for athletes and providing a platform for advocacy. Morgan's message strives to eliminate the stigma surrounding mental health within the student-athlete community and equalize the treatment of physical and mental health in athletics. To help us take a shot at mental health, to support our mission, or to find out more, head to morgansmessage.org or follow along on Instagram at morgansmessage. Let's get back to the episode. you're going to feel whenever you're performing that can help you be able to feel to your best and listen to what your body's telling you a lot more and a lot better um, than whenever you're thinking that you need to look a certain way because that will not only like detriment your mental health but it'll also like if you're restricting food you're not going to be able to perform to your best either totally um i'm gluten intolerant so i feel you on on the gluten um but i always think it's so funny everyone's like oh you can't eat gluten your life must suck and i'm like you have no idea technology and the foods they come out these days yeah. and, like, really good food is like yeah I'm like i, I can still have bagels i can still have pasta yeah. i can still have pizza yeah yeah so. i think it's so funny um thank you for sharing that my my kind of last last closing question is 
with all you've, you've learned and all you know now, if you were looking back um, to, you know, young Emily or anyone who might be in a similar situation with, with managing what they're eating or looking at what they're eating, like what's your kind of piece of advice of like, I don't, like any kind of piece of advice you would have for like yourself back in senior year, even more recently with, with anything you've gone through in terms of your diet and your nutrition? Mm-hmm. I mean, I like, I think the biggest thing, biggest overarching concept is I, we've kind of already talked about it, but just like keeping your eyes on your own plate and that can be taken in so many different ways. Um, I think kind of the comparison game we were talking about of what other people look like, thinking that you need to look like them instead focusing on yourself and realizing that, you know, your biggest competition is yourself and there's enough room for everybody to have success. So if you see someone else having success and doing well, you know, be happy for them and celebrate that for them and then come back to yourself. And especially like with regards to nutrition, realizing that your needs are going to be so different than the person next to you. And the best thing that you can do in your nutritional journey is just continue to keep an open mind and continue to learn all throughout your life. Because even your personal needs that are unique to you are going to change as you get older, as you, you know, stop competing, as you change what you're doing. And so making sure that you are keeping your eyes in your own lane and really focusing on what your personal needs are, whether that requires working with a professional or doing a test like you did or testing out different foods just on your own and seeing how they make you feel. It's super important that you don't just see someone else's success story or someone's like, oh, I did this and I feel so much better. So you should do it too. Like really making sure that you're not falling into one of those things and making sure that you're listening to what your body tells you that you need and doing the things to figure out your personal needs will help you set you up for success for the rest of your life. You know, I mean, figuring out your optimal sport nutrition and your nutritional needs in general is way more than about like just your performance on the field or the court or the track. It's about helping you feel better and, and be able to be your happiest self and be your healthiest self post sports as well. So it's something that's just super important that you start early on and really figure out what, your personal needs are because it can change your life so well said um before before we sign off where can one everyone find your book and two where can everyone find you um (laughs) to kind of follow along on your journey of course um so i am just at emily cole on instagram super simple and you can get the book at theplayersplate.com and that kind of tells you more information about the book. It's also on Amazon, which is super easy. Get a little Amazon Prime action. Um, I'm also on TikTok at E Emily Cole E. So it's just my name, but with two E's at the beginning and two E's at the end. And those are really the main platforms where I kind of share my book journey and my running journey. But it's an absolute pleasure to be on the show. Thank you so much for having me. I love everything about what y'all do at Morgan's Message. And I'm just honored to to be able to have a conversation with you and and help younger athletes realize how important this topic is. Another huge shout out to Emily for coming on the Mental Matchup and talking all about her own personal experience with you know, her, her eating in high school, how she 
kind of fueled her body, fueled her performance, ultimately to ending up in a coma, to getting to Duke, and just, I, I think, you know, living through so many, so many different experiences, and on top of that, you know, using her story, her platform to kind of start and grow some of these conversations um, surrounding nutrition and fueling your body for performance across the board, not just athletically, but also academically. Um, If you want to get in touch with Emily, you can find her on Instagram at Emily Cole. And if you want to learn more about Emily Cole, Emily's book, you can, you can order on Amazon, um, the player's plate, um, by Emily Cole. I actually have a copy myself and have been reading it and it's, it's really awesome. It's, it's great information to have, and I think it's very important information to have um, to get in touch with us at the Mental Matchup or to submit a story, come on the podcast, whatever it may be. We are starting to plan for season five, so you can head to morgansmessage.org, click on the Mental Matchup on the top announcement bar. If you want to get in touch with Morgan's Message, find out more, get involved, head to morgansmessage.org. Or you can follow us on Instagram, at Morgan's Message, on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, you name it, we are there. And yeah, I, I just am so grateful for the community that is, you know, Morgan's Message community, but also the Mental Matchup community. And I, I love you all so much. So with that, I will see you next episode.